Anyways, I guess welcome to the pre-show. Yeah. We are we filled up seven bits of episodes, and that that is a thing. Seven bits. Yep. Why? 128 episodes. It's a new. It's a programmer. Oh, oh it's a programmer sorry. thing, Spencer. Come I've, on. I've no, yeah. got to get with the powers of twos. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm brain dead today. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, That's yeah. Exciting. We hit. We hit 128. ASCII no longer fits onto Unicode. Oh, man. Um, anyways, I guess we should start an episode for real. <laughs> Hello and welcome once again to episode 128 of Code Completion. We are a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. So for the first time in a while, uh, I wanted to do another uh, indie app spotlight uh, because there were two apps that I, I well, there's one app that I hold dear uh, that got an, a major update uh, and there was another brand new app, uh, which I guess counts as an app. We'll just call it an app, uh, but like serves a need that I have forever wanted. So the first one is Solver, uh, Solver, Solver. Uh, Solver is a kind of like a, a scratch pad that does calculations for you. So you, as you take notes, uh, every line is essentially a mathematical equation. So it will just go ahead and calculate the results uh, for you, which is like, turns out the way I like to use calculators. Um, and I have, to my, uh, to my uh, accountant's chagrin, done all my taxes in Solver for like years oh. now because it's just <laughs> easy for me to like just lay it out. Um, and he's like, have you heard of QuickBooks? And I'm like, yes. Have you considered? No. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, that should tell you how much I like Solver. Uh, and you should go check it out because it just came out for iPad. Um, and there'll be a link in the doobly-doo. Uh, so go, go check it out and smash the like button and do the things. Um, I don't know what, what are we doing? A podcast, right? Uh, the second, the second app, uh, is Stop the Fonts. Uh, and Stop the Fonts is a Safari extension uh, that will go ahead and stop uh, fonts, custom fonts from loading. Uh, this means that things will be fast, things will be consistent, and you won't have to like wait for text to load in, which I don't know why we have custom fonts on the web. Um, it makes everything last forever, uh, take forever to, to like load in, and I'm not, I'm not a fan. Uh, so yeah, go check out, go check out Jeff Johnson's Stop the Fonts, um, uh, app extension. Super cool. Both of those. I've never used, uh, I've used or heard of either of them. Solver seems really cool. Um, and Stop the Fonts, uh, he's just got this webpage that, you know, links to the app store and stuff. But, um, I didn't really realize this, but one thing he says is, um, there are a number of reasons to use stop the fonts to protect your privacy because every web font is loaded through the web, uh, exposing your IP address and possibly other information often to third parties. So, and like Dimitri said, it'll, you know, make things load faster and stuff, but there's perhaps a, a privacy security element to it as well, which I didn't think about, but totally makes sense now that we're kind of bringing it up. So interesting. And yeah, I mean, he's got one on here called like Amadeus and it just is like super seraphy comic sans looking grossness. So, um, you know, I don't really see any web pages like that anymore, but the speed I think is 
probably the biggest thing for me. So, yeah, from like a a mass serif to a nice serif, I don't really care when I'm browsing the web. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so like yeah. it's nice. Um, and if you have like a full web app, then it's probably worth it. But for like regular web pages, that's like a hard like especially news articles. Oh boy, yeah. The, just do things take forever to load already. So um, that's definitely a benefit. As far as like the the tracking goes, uh, it's basically Google Fonts and like right. Adobe Fonts. Like I think there are like a few others, um, but it's not much uh, unless unless they are using fonts as a way of tracking, which is a completely different that's so, uh, and yeah. valid technique. Um, so that's not the one that you would be hindered by uh, visually, um, but it would be one to to track people, uh, which is never nice. Uh, so yeah, uh, go check those out and please give them a download. Love it. Uh, in other news of things I didn't know, uh, it turns out carriers can force you onto Wi-Fi. Uh, and this is like part of some system that just allows carriers to like offload their network capacity if they need to. Um, and they can force you onto their own Wi-Fis no matter how bad the connection is, even when you're at home. Which is very, very surprising. Yeah, it's super weird. It's like, I don't think this happens with um, all routers, for example. But like Dimitri said, if it's like a, a company like Comcast, they have like Xfinity or whatever. Um, like Xfinity, I think they have like a wireless thing that they run through AT&T or Verizon or something. But um, like my parents used to have Xfinity at their uh, at their old house. And it would just make an open Wi-Fi network that you couldn't turn off. And so I think that's what they're using is like as a guest hotspot, you could go in and it was like sign in with your Xfinity ID, but it sounds like they're just automatically kicking people over to that. And you don't really have a choice over it. Um, there's this one guy that said he was at home Depot and it happened to him. Um, he was sitting in the parking lot and his phone kept switching from five G or it. Yeah. It kept switching off five G to hop on some single Wi-Fi single bar Wi-Fi that he couldn't delete or deselect auto join for. So it's just like this automatic process. I thought 5G was going to save us all. Look, man, it sucks because the carriers are like, nah, we don't actually want you on 5G. (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Um, So what he said was he just turned off Wi-Fi and the problem was solved. But, you know, he says this is going to be annoying if it starts happening at the grocery store or, you know, in a bunch of places where it just automatically happens. That sucks. So um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it happens with every carrier or if it's just like Xfinity or Spectrum, the ones that have a counterpart to, um, you know, Wi-Fi as well. But that's scary. I mean, that makes me feel good about getting like something like Ubiquity where they're not, as far as I know doing anything like that they have no reason to open that up because it's your own stuff and they're not doing cellular yeah and i always whenever i get a modem from uh the internet company the the handful of times that i've had to i always explicitly ask for a wi-fi no wi-fi option Mm -hmm. um like i don't i don't care if i need to pull out the the tinfoil hat reasoning uh for it just to like convince them that i don't want it uh but i will um as horrible as that is um don't 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 succumb to the to the the tinfoil hat uh, reasoning but 
Uh, Wi-Fi is perfectly safe. Uh, however, uh, I don't want necessarily to share my minimal capacity yeah. with uh, a whole bunch of random people driving by. Um, so, Yeah, I was just going to mention, I wonder... I'm sure they've... Okay, I'm not sure. I hope they've thought this through to be like, oh, we're not going to take that much bandwidth from whoever's home router we're using, but like... Maybe they can, I don't know, just get a bunch of clients on there and it's just sucking your bandwidth because it's open. Yeah, at the very least, it's not like you're sharing a network with these folks, which sure. is, uh, I guess, uh, to the benefit of the router you're using, right? If there's some exploit, then you're kind of out of luck. But um, in most cases, you should be fine. Um, but it's it's surprising nonetheless uh, that this is a capability and it has been for quite a while yeah it's just it seems like as more and more uh internet providers are using other people's infrastructure that in order to cut costs they are opting to do this however it's gonna be very funny when uh like all these routers are powered by 5g anyways i guess it's more efficient in that case <laughs> since you have like one radio that's talking with the tower um but talk about talk about using the available bandwidth at that point. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. As another thing that is playing out, it seems like uh, in an effort to remove CarPlay, GM has been advertising CarPlay all week um, because they they don't want CarPlay in their cars. Not because they have a better like solution. It's because they want to track users. They basically said so. Uh, so that, that is a thing. Uh, if you have a GM car in the future, uh, they want to actively get rid of CarPlay so you don't use it that before they can track you, which is fine. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We've got three articles about CarPlay and stuff, uh, with like Rivian and, you know, Tesla obviously doesn't have, um, CarPlay and it never has. And, there was this interesting statistic. I'm maybe kind of jumping ahead. I'll see if I can find it real quick. It was like 79% of people that are looking for a car, one of their, like their whole sort of, will I buy this car or not is, does it have CarPlay? Which was like, yeah, I've not, I've not very seriously considered getting a new car, but when I do, I'm always like, does it have CarPlay? So I'm definitely in that uh, 79%. So it's interesting like gm being that way and then there's also rivian that say no they're not gonna have carplay or uh android auto maybe not android auto i don't know um but they say that they can just do it better and they want to have sort of that tight integration with hardware software um and they want to do it themselves um i think my biggest thing with that is uh like both of my parents cars are like in the built in the mid 2010s and they both have you know like a basic screen all of a sudden it aged (laughs) yeah and it's like they can't update their maps that my mom used to get like an updated map thing that was like in the form of an sd card that you plug into the back of the screen and stuff and it's like they're not supporting that car anymore it's like almost 10 years old at this point so the maps are useless um luckily she can plug her phone in with the lightning cable and stuff but part of the entire infotainment system is useless because it's out of date and like Ford doesn't care to fix that or update it. So she's just out of luck with that part. Um, where 
if it was CarPlay, Apple has sort of an incentive to always keep that going, and because it's probably way less work because they're already updating maps on uh, on iOS already. So there's like way less and even overhead. Even if they don't, even if they don't, right? Like, say you have a really old iPhone, the first one that support CarPlay, and you cannot update sure. it anymore, right? CarPlay is yeah. stuck in time. But you're way more likely to buy a new phone at that point than yeah. a new car. Uh, maybe not. Maybe the maybe the statistics around cars are like people end up buying a new one every five years because they crash them. Uh, who knows? Sure. Um, but, but you get it, a new phone every... Most people, I think, get a new phone like every three years is the statistic or something. Like yeah, that. or like maximum every five. Like you're yeah. not really sticking with... And, when and it's $1,000 max. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, your car is worth that amount after a certain period of time. Fair. Like that's a serp. That's a. There's like I. I understand the dynamic there, but at the same time, like if you are worried about uh, giving users the best experience, like if they don't want to use your infotainment thing, then it's not the best experience, right? Uh, at yeah. the end of the day, like if a user wants to use the CarPlay thing, it's because they have a legitimate need to use the CarPlay. Um, as we'll as we'll go into uh very shortly, but. Like, I, I I don't understand why these companies feel like they, like GM especially, they are supporting Android Auto, which comes with, car, like, Android Auto, the operating system, allows CarPlay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're actively preventing that, hoping that you are going to be stuck in the sub-variant of Android Auto that they are running uh, instead of actively, like, doing it. Like, my car, my Honda runs android like that is the operating system that's right. running on the little screen but carplay is just a like screen sharing thing that's enabled on top of it it's very minimal to support um and if rivian really wants to uh, like double down and give users the best experience then they can double down and give users the best experience possible with carplay rather than just a little screen right um, that's at the end of the day what it comes down to. Um, it's them not wanting to dedicate the time to support this thing because then all of, all of a sudden they might not feel the need themselves to develop their their real system, but they can still do it, right? It's not like technically uh, a hindrance in, in much ways, uh, especially for a company of any size larger than a few like engineers like yeah, you have the technology, you have the engineering resources. Like it's not, it's not rocket science. Uh, it's just audiovisual streaming, which could be more complicated than rocket science for all. For like now that I think about it, having done that for <laughs> half a decade. Um, so yeah, um, it's hard, but you should do it anyways. Yeah, I think Jason <laughs> Snell put it uh, really well. He said, "I get the impulse. I get the impulse to want to control everything that happens your car in your car, if you're an automaker. But given the fact that the smartphone is everyone's real ride or die, the best choice is to integrate tight- tightly with the supercomputer we all keep in our pockets. Like that's the thing that actually matters, right? And that's the thing that's going to get updated the most. So if you just have the screen sharing thing that's that is CarPlay, then like it's less upkeep for them too." Uh, it really is, I think, like that tracking, and I don't really get Rivian's deal. Uh, I don't really probably believe that they can make a better experience than Apple can, as far as software goes. I mean, they could probably make a, a better map that like shows on screens that Apple doesn't know about. Like, sure, 
Like, I get that, right? But at that point in time, like, compete, right? Instead of just not have it. And I guess Apple, too. Compete rather than just have your one app store. Uh, Side note. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, there's nothing bad from having these options, right? Yeah. And I think Apple wants to have maybe a tighter integration with car hardware so like they can't like i think i saw like a mercedes concept car that had like was using carplay but had multiple screens with it the full dashboard kind of thing yeah and it was like even controlling air conditioning and stuff i could be wrong about that but they've done something like that at least in concept so yeah they previewed it last year at wwdc oh is that what it was okay Mm -hmm. yeah so like i think they could definitely get there it would just again be collaboration with all of these auto uh makers that probably don't want to do it so it's sort of a catch-22 there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, they're just missing out. They are missing out on yeah. the Domino's app uh, because Domino's has an app <laughs> that works on CarPlay where you can order, order pizza, uh, which I find hilarious. But also it's kind of intriguing because at the end of the day, Domino's was, I think they were the one to really pioneer the whole, like, order through Tracker. the web rather than call, oh. like, call your local pizza place the place in order. No, it's go to the website and make your order and then you can watch it on their fake tracker uh, yeah. that may or may not be updated depending on the store location. Um, yeah. So, like, they they were the ones to really, like, try out all these different things and CarPlay is another example of what they're trying out. Um, but and I don't have the quote like right in front of me, but uh, the president or something said uh, something very interesting along the lines of this is kind of like a drive through replacement, right? You can park, you can order uh, and it will just come to you. And if you're ordering through your car, it's as like frictionless as possible, right? It's yeah. not like you're driving and you like place your 17 topping pizzas like no you get to somewhere but instead of now reaching awkwardly in your pocket to grab your phone that's already connected to your car you can just go ahead and tap the button and get your pizza uh and then just wait for it to be made without necessarily uh needing to interact with people which sounds grim now that i say it out loud um but um you do interact with them at the very end kind of like a drive-thru so this is like maybe the modern, the the futuristic take on drive-thrus, right? You go park instead of way in line and uh, you don't need an inch. You don't need a waste uh, gas that so you probably will. It's pretty AC. Um, and yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, that's cool though. <laughs> it's available. Yeah, I mean, it's a fun idea. Um, on that note, I think um, I need to look into this more. Do you, do you know what Cafe Rio is? Is there Cafe Rio in california i am unaware okay probably it, it's a it's a mexican uh sort of chain food 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 chain whatever i can't speak um i just saw that they opened a new one in my in, where i live um and it's they called it like a digital let me see if i can pull it up real quick it's like a digital then your digital cafe so I think you just, it's kind of like the McDonald's thing. You just order on the, on the touch screen and like, I think they just bring it out to you. So similar thing, you actually have to go in, but uh, kind of interesting that we're moving to like away from cashews. It's just like order on the screen, Apple pay it. Okay. They bring out your food and that's it. I, I love you bring this up because it, it reminds me of a thing that's very common in Japan 
so you have these small little restaurants, a ramen place, uh, this or that. Um, and it's basically one a one-person shop. Like, there's one mm. person in the back making food. Which means that there's not an extra person to take orders to, like, do a bunch of stuff. Uh, so when you walk into the restaurant, you have a literal, like, ticket printing machine. Um, like a vending machine, but it just prints a ticket, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put money in, and you press the the things that you want. And you get actual tickets to come out of the vending machine at the bottom. Uh. And you hand those over to the chef. At that point, he's not handling money. He's not... Uh, they are not handling money. They are not doing anything with with uh, like the transaction. They are just taking your order that you submitted to them, uh, and then they are going to make it and they'll like bring it out to you at the at the very end. Um, but it like gets rid of a whole part of the ordering process. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying Air- CarPlay comes anything close to the charm that is that. Um, <laughs> but but it's it's definitely in the same vein right that's cool yeah so like you pay before the tickets like you give the ticket to them or anything you put you put money in a machine it sucks it up and then lights pop up depending on how much money you put cool dude and then as you as you do it like dwindles down the lights because you're like eating up your balance and then you can get your change that's awesome dude i love that the way it does it would never work in the u.s because people would like attack and burglarize the poor one person shop um because the u.s is a wonderful country um (laughs) uh but yeah uh it's 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 so it's so charming that that is really charming i would love to try that out that sounds really cool uh talking about things that are charming uh apple apparently uh without telling any of us uh scrapped their their 27 inch uh mini led xdr um, but they told nine to five Mac, uh, and by told, I mean, they didn't tell, it's just rumored that it got scrapped. Um, oh, that's sad. my reaction. Yeah. That's not that I would buy it, but the progression is sort of more what I care about. Like kind of sucks that maybe they didn't have high enough yields or whatever. And so it's just not turning out the way that they wanted it to be. Maybe they were going to release something this year at the end of the year, um, probably not gonna do that now so um oh sorry it was suggested that it was gonna come out in the summer of 2022 so it's been pushed that's back just so. around the corner oh wait that was last year yeah exactly so <laughs> then it was targeting october 2022 uh and then it was targeting q1 2023 which we just sort of finished so uh it sounds like there have been multiple delays and you know it's just not uh not gonna happen for a 6k unfortunately i know dimitri was looking forward to that I think this was the 27-inch 5K. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yes, you're right. Yeah, the the 6K is still rumored to not exist uh, because we don't have any clue about any of these things because they're all rumors. Uh, but it's fun to keep track of the rumors because that's all that's, we got. That's all we can do. Thanks, Apple. <laughs> uh, we we just have to hope and hope that they're going to uh, improve their monitors. That said, I did see... I forgot which app it was. Uh, but I did see that someone, uh, like one of the apps that lets you use your phone as like a camera before Apple uh, started doing it, they kind of expanded to allow you to turn off the center stage on the on the the studio display. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, the camera looks a lot better, it turns out, uh, when you don't zoom in on a, a bad image. Sure. Um, so that that's that's cool. That is cool. I wish I remembered the name of the app. Um, if we if I do, I'll put in the show notes. Um, cool. Speaking but, of cameras, yeah. uh, shocker to anyone that has not followed iPhones in the last, I don't know, uh, six years. There's going to be a bigger bump for the camera. Whoa, crazy! I know, right? Um, we've we've got. Um, there are, you know, basic CAD designs for the iPhone 15 Pro or Ultra or whatever they call it. Um, and it's got a bigger camera bump. So that's, that is a shocker to absolutely no one. But it's a titanium camera. Actually, no, the camera bump is not a titanium. It's a titanium everything else. That's cool. I, um, I would very much like the... I, okay, I really like the stainless steel, very smooth finish of, of the current models, but... Uh, having like a sort of more matte chassis like the uh, Apple Watch Ultra has would be, I would honestly really like that. Kind of maybe even a grippier texture or something like that would be cool. Or if they just shine the titanium up too, that'd be cool too. Just to say your phone is made of titanium because you can. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think there there's some like hints that Apple may be exploring a periscope camera, uh, which would be cool. That'd be cool. Um, because you, I, I definitely do enjoy zooming more than um, I thought I would ever. Um, mm-hmm. But I think most people enjoy zooming not with their feet, but with their with their finger. Uh, yes. It's just a better better experience uh, for most. I wonder, like, what zoom level Apple would go to? Because you've got like the Samsung ones that are like hundred x periscope zoom, and it's <laughs> like I don't know if Apple would go that far. I think more like ten maybe 25 X would be like good. And they could probably get some good glass in there with, you know, still a good aperture and everything. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, but yeah, Periscope cameras are super cool. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's going to come, uh, later this year as with most, uh, most new iPhones. Um, so we just have to wait for it, I guess. Yeah. I, I almost wish Apple did not release iPhones on a cadence and they did just kind of surprise us because then you end up getting more excited for them, right? Or yeah. maybe it's just been so many at this point that like we started like losing our our uh, excitement for it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm excited the day of, but then then it's 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 not like it used to be, right? It's true. It I think they'll always continue to do it though on a yearly cadence just because they have the Apple upgrade program. And that sucks so many people, including myself into another year loan, uh, with Apple. I'm constantly paying $60 for my phone and I've been doing that for years now. It's just get a new phone every year. I like it, but I'm always stuck with a loan. So yeah, times that by millions of people. And no wonder if they've, they've got billions and billions of dollars sitting in Ireland. Yeah, uh, real time follow up. It's called uh, Camo Studio Two. Uh, is the app oh. that allows you to turn off uh, center stage. Um, so yeah, definitely go check it out if you have a studio display or any other camera that you want to use for your your video recording needs. Uh, and yeah, I wonder if that works on the iPads that also have center stage. 
it is a Mac app, so unless Apple brings AppKit to the iPad, no. Hmm. <laughs> you should consider that, Apple, just for that. No other reason. I mean, you should consider it for all sorts of different apps. Um, no, 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 just that one. But, yeah, just that one. Um, I wish there was Sketch for the iPad. Uh, but Affinity has taken that market because yes. everyone kind of left it to, to be there. Uh, so... Yep. Thanks, Sketch, not making an iPad app. Didn't they get bought out or something? Or am I, or am I uh, thinking they, about Figma one? got bought out, uh, and then yeah. it's like the government is preventing them from being bought. I'm not too sure what's going on. <laughs> um, Figma is horror. Like, side note, I don't like yeah, Figma. I agree. Um, I'm I amazed know. that it got the. It, it was free to use, um, available everywhere. Uh, that's That's how it caught on. Uh, as with most things, but like, mm, not the greatest piece of software. Um, but everyone Agreed. loves it. Yep. Um, I don't know why. Because they don't know what's better, I guess. I, yeah, I, I don't know. What, like, there must be a name for this phenomenon, uh, where like everyone kind of just starts loving something that's not great. And maybe that's us liking Apple stuff because lately it's not great. Um, but yeah. There's not uh, a Windows version of, of Sketch, is there? And there is not. They yeah. did start making a web version because uh, Figma was eating their lunch. Um, and that's now they're kind of uh, in panic mode, right? They like laid off a bunch of their staff. Um, and I don't know what's what's next. It seems like the the Mac apps is still getting regular updates. So yeah. uh, that's at least a good sign. Maybe they just downsized... Uh, in accordance to like where they could actually sustain themselves uh, rather than try to grow out of nowhere because they were doing so well growing like naturally without investment money and all that. Yeah. So that, that was really sad to hear uh, that they took money and then uh, kind of lost them. man. Bet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking VC money is scary for sure. As I would know as a, uh, founder of many, single person. <laughs> many companies yes on this this podcast for instance we've taken yeah. much much vc money um yeah. in the form of sponsorship deals for uh, free that for we have free. literally made no money on ever <laughs> hey we're promoting our friends and that's, that's true counts. that's true on the topic of promoting your friends uh it seems like apple wants all their friends to go try out this thing called bitcoin um, and I'm not serious about that, but uh, <laughs> there, there is an app called uh, Image Capture, which has been on every Mac for a very long time. Um, and that app, uh, by the way, is a great app to scan stuff or import stuff from cameras if you have never tried those things. Um, that's, that's its main use. Uh, and in the bundle of that app, so if you right click on the app uh, on, on your computer and say show package contents, you can get a sneak peek as to how an app is made. Um, and in there is uh, the, the the Bitcoin white paper, uh, which is just like a scanned resource. Um, probably a test resource that wasn't intended to make it in. Um, no one's caught it, though. It's been around since Mojave, so 2018. Uh, yay. <laughs> it's named under simpledoc.pdf, which is like, okay, you know... I don't know if you run some sort of files name scan. It's a unit for test. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's like they just named it something generic. It's not called like Bitcoin white paper or anything. So uh, unless you open it, you're not going to really know or care what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I tested it out. And obviously, I'm just on whatever, whatever we're on Ventura. Um, it's there. So kind of interesting. Yeah. It's uh, almost almost like all those YouTubers getting hacked to show uh, videos of Elon talking about Tesla. Um, yeah. Like Apple's trying to do the same thing, hacking one app at a time. Um, not not at all. Uh, please don't believe a single word of what I just said. Um, <laughs> so, I, I'm going to guess uh, Bitcoin used to be considered something cool before it started actively burning down the planet. Um, and it has probably been used as the uh as like the unit test for image capture uh and as a result they can't just remove it uh because it would break the tests uh and therefore like 20 minutes of time needs to go into actually removing it rather than two minutes yeah so it didn't happen yet throw in a pdf of like the lorem ipsum and you're good i don't know but that would be boring spencer the lorem ipsum is awesome i love it interesting notes. interesting to see what people both put into mac os just because like yeah it's a unit it's something to test against and then it's so fun i love that people will just actively look into things like i don't know how this came out it said that someone internally filed a a report about it um like a year ago or something and it got sent to the person that put it in so nothing's happened yet but <laughs> uh it's fun to see that people are like dedicated into like checking out what's new in mac os and just digging around into whatever for whatever reason like i remember steve trotton smith i think it was him um finding the sort of icon images for like the iphone 10 with the notch and everyone went crazy because it would you know there was nothing else about it and stuff so it's fun to just look into that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i mean even if you're not like actively spelunking for for leaked secrets Mm-hmm. Um, it it is a generally useful thing to do if you know there's an app and they have this icon resource and you want to use a similar icon resource for your own app. Like you can go in and actually get that that like PDF that represents that icon. Um, to like d- trace it or modify it to your to your needs. Um, like that is absolutely a technique that many developers do and. Um, it's, it's very good that Mac OS has up until this point had a very open way of doing that. Right. iOS has always been way more complicated to do this yeah. with. Um, but Mac OS is just, just there, right? All your apps are on your hard drive and you have access to your hard drive and therefore you can go ahead and check them out. Um, so it's, it's a very open system to get various different resources, uh, my favorite place is in system, uh, if I remember, system library core services. Uh, and in there, you can find like every icon uh, like in existence that you never oh, thought nice. of um, that is just like hiding. Um, and just like po- poke around and see if there's anything that you that you fancy in there. I use them for custom folders. Um, I brought down my file mm-hmm. server because I put custom icons on those folders uh, from the stuff in there. Like, there's one of every modern Mac that has ever been made um, that's specifically there to show up on like file shares, right? When you have yeah. like uh, AirDrop and you have all the different computers, 
well, if you want to use those for anything, like, there you go. I'm not saying, like, you have the copyright to do all that, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but that's boring. They're available, and you can do oh, stuff for your own, uh, for for your own sake. Um, and, yeah, it's available. Yeah. Uh, don't take legal advice from me, please. Yeah, not, not legal <laughs> experts. It's, it's boring. Um... Something that's not boring is this week's episode of Code Completion is once again brought to you by Bon Voyage. Bon Voyage is a full-stack iOS application development course from Johnny B. With this course, you'll learn how to build both a full iOS client app and an associated React web administration application. The app and the site will integrate with Firebase as well as Stripe and Plaid for payment processing. Bon Voyage is a place to book extravagant vacations and you'll gain the skills to build the iOS app from the ground up and integrate everything you need to provide a world-class vacation booking experience. To find out more and sign up with the course, visit bonvoyage.app/course. That's b o n - v o y a g e . a p p c o u r s e. And be sure to follow Bon Voyage's instructor at Johnny B Codes on Twitter. That's J O N N Y B C O D E S to stay up to date with all his courses. Thanks again to Bon Voyage e-commerce app course for sponsoring code completion. So Spencer, I've got a code completion tip for you. All right. Um, and that is all around protocol composition. Uh, so whenever you're designing an API, sometimes you come up with a protocol and then you come up with a different protocol and you want something to conform to both. Yeah. Uh, well, you can use the ampersand uh, character to kind of compose those protocols into one. In fact, you've probably used a composed protocol yeah. uh, many, many times, and that is codable. Codable, codable yeah. is decodable and encodable uh, in one. You can choose to only conform to one of those, which is definitely useful if, say, you're on the server and you only need to decode the requests. You never need to encode the requests. Right. Uh, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, but uh, it is certainly way more practical to have codable be a single thing that you can conform to. Uh, so you can make a type alias that says codable is equal to decodable and encodable. Um, and that makes a protocol composition. Um, I was reminded of these because I am currently in uh, TypeScript land, which is not Swift, um, and tries very hard to, like, I am a modern programming language, but it is not Swift. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it has something extra wacky called union types. Um, and this is kind of like protocol composition, except uh, you can do whatever you want, and uh, types don't actually exist. Um, that's right. just a small asterisk. Uh, but you can basically say, hey, this can be a string or a number. Um, and that's actually legitimately useful under some circumstances, um, except it kind of all falls apart whenever you have like, oh, this conforms to this interface or this interface. Which one does it conform to? Well, unless you have a property on both of those that has a value that you can kind of if check, uh, you're kind of out of luck. Uh, so uh, unlike unlike TypeScript, Swift actually allows you to check at runtime for individual protocol mm -hmm. con conformance, or you can do it at compile time with generics um, and uh, get some get some good benefit out of everything being composable. Uh, so definitely, definitely give this a try the next time you're kind of designing your own uh, API for your own little app. Um, yes, you don't have to over-engineer stuff for your own apps, but yes, you should over-engineer stuff for your own apps because then you learn. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that came out 
uh, well i wanted to say relatively recently probably not like swift 4 or something right i think yeah i guess i think it was the same swift time 4. codable yeah yeah that's a good one though for sure as always i want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week please be sure to follow us on mastodon.social at code completion to know when new episodes go live and feel free to toot at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that it's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who is at Spencer C. Curtis, that's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S, for joining me this week. My name, once again, is Dimitri. You can find me at Dimitri Buniel, that's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.